You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Hello, friends! We are hey. in our usual between-seasons place where we answer your mail, talk about assorted things, and just hang out. Remember old times and how fun they was? Yeah, and uh, Bob's here with us this time to help us with the mail and such, so... Uh, Hello, friends. Hi, friend, Bob. friends. Friend, friends. <laughs> Very nice. Um, so, yeah, season three, you guys. Yeah, we made it. We did. Mm. That was great. Every day we get closer and closer to DS9. Uh, yep. <laughs> At the same time, we get closer and closer to Voyager. Oh, man, why would you say uh, that to me? I don't now know. Now I feel cause, sad. Because sometimes the tankard of prune juice is half empty, Matt. That's why. <laughs> going to say blood wine. Instead, I went with prune juice. Uh, <laughs> and I stand by that choice. Sure, why not? I'm trying to figure out whether you made that prune juice reference because of Worf or because of uh, Catherine What's-Her-Head being old. Because of my incontinence <laughs> is why I made it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was looking at my inability to poop. and uh... <laughs> No, I don't really think of Janeway as old exactly. I just don't like her. No, in my head she sounds old, but she's not <laughs> yeah. like... No, she's yeah. about the right age that a captain would be, yeah. like 40 She sounds like Catherine Hepburn in my head. Uh, uh, yeah, well, yes. Yeah. But, I but, mean, she's younger than, like, Picard ever was. Yeah, and she's older than Kirk, but Kirk was, like, the youngest captain ever, so. Mm-hmm. Mm. No, she's, to me, the right age for a captain. I just don't like her. Yeah. Fair enough. But we'll get there when we get there. First, we have, you know, like I said, let's, let's for a moment, talk. Let's talk about good things. Yeah. And, Bob, you were, you know, you were, might not be following along week to week, like, watching the episodes, so you may of, not have... Of course look. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a loyal, I'm a loyal listener. Yes. <laughs> you you watched the one that you showed up for. That's the important mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> no, I just, you might be a little left out in this part is all, because uh, it's all fresh in our minds. And Oh, no, not at all. I, I watched the entire series last year with my kids, so oh, it's, good, it's good. relatively fresh. Oh, now, excellent. Now, what did your kids think? Your kids are, what, like, uh, 16-ish and, like... Eight? I don't know. I'm guessing. Uh, I don't know how 15 old and 13. Right there now. you go. What are they, 42 and 18? <laughs> yeah, that's about right. No, I know one of them's in his teens and one of them is like not quite there yet, right? Yeah. 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 Or at least last year when you watched them. When Yes, exactly. But they, they loved it. They really? loved it. They, yeah, they were, it's, uh, it was actually, well, my, I think my son started watching it just because it was, you know, uh, kid and dad time, but, sure. uh, I, he really got into it. And, uh, Moira was, uh, she actually, was really at least the explanation she gave she was really attached to the original series and didn't want to watch next gen <laughs> and even though she had only seen the movies and never had watched the original series at all um but then she uh well, like you know i think we pulled her in for i don't know measure of a man or something right. something halfway through you know second or third season and she sure. got hooked and and she fell in love with data and then she caught up and we all watched it together awesome well the girls do love data people <laughs> well, I don't know, Matt. You and I, through seasons one and two, were very much like, eh, this is okay, but where's Spock? No, but mm-hmm. uh, Measure of a Man will pull you in. No, I, there were, like I said, there were a handful in season two that start getting there. Mm-hmm. There's Measure of a Man, there's Q Who, there's one or two others that I can't think of off the top of my head. Uh, the Wharf one with Kalar, that one was good. The Wharf yep. show starring Wharf. Yes. Co-starring <laughs> no, Kalar. Season one and two are pretty rough going. <laughs> yeah, and um, Bob, you wanted to... to talk about i know you don't have it yet but i guess mm. you're, you're getting the the blu-ray set which is out like now yes it's coming tomorrow very Ooh, nice, nice. Well, by, by the time this airs you will have to, had time to watch them all you, you probably won't watch all 26 all at once i imagine yeah 
Well, probably not because we get Otakon this weekend and dressing up as anime characters and all that. But oh, yeah. cool! You gotta you gotta switch nerd gears a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, we we broke we were watching DS Nine and then we broke away and we've been watching Full Metal Alchemist for the last couple of weeks. So <laughs> we'll wow. get back on that after the uh, the conventions, right? Um, but yeah, by the time this this goes out, uh, that 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 set will be available. Do they have a date for the next season yet? I don't think they do. I haven't seen it, at least. Um, but like, I, I demand they all be out now. Well, yeah, yeah, I wanna, it, I, it seemed like they were going to be like every four or five months or something. They were going to put out another, oh, you know, set. Going to take forever. Uh, no, I, I was just really hoping. Like I'd heard that the season two set in particular. Um, apparently, there's like I don't know half an hour of footage or something like that from specifically from Measure of a Man that they're going to either restore or offer as a bonus or something like that. That is really, really cool. And I have oh, a link I have a link to that which I'll share and I don't know how reliable it is, but um I hadn't heard that actually. The headline they went with was something awful like um uncut man or something you know <laughs> something really <laughs> filthy which was just funny. Uncut but, man measured. Yeah, something something along those lines. <laughs> Measure twice, cut once. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was way filthier than that. <laughs> that was clever, but it wasn't filthy. <laughs> no, but apparently there's all kinds of footage from that episode, and I don't know if they're doing that with others. I've only watched the stuff on the sampler disc, and th- those were gorgeous. Oh I'm, yeah, I'm not usually a Blu-ray guy, Bob. I know you are, and you you know you see that you know you're you're really into the finer points and and how everything looks. And well, it's I mean it's more than just that I like work with HD video for a living, and it's mm-hmm. I've just been trained so that I can't stand standard F anymore. Right. <laughs> it's not even something I, you know, necessarily wanted to get into. It's just uh, I can't stand it. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> rough, dude. But uh, uh, Matt, you, but, you came over and watched the uh, Farpoint with me and you could definitely see the difference. Oh, you could totally see the difference. I felt utterly mm-hmm. jealous from then on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, and, and when I got the opportunity this season, actually, to watch, uh, what was the second one? Uh, Code of Honor? Sins of the Father. Sins Sins of the yeah. Father. Yeah, 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 that was that was fantastic. And there wasn't like apart from the Klingon homeworld, there wasn't a ton of like effects shots. Mm-hmm. It was just seeing the guys on the bridge, seeing the crisp colors of the uniforms, and just the 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 lights were brighter, and just everything was just popped way more. It was way better. Well, it felt, it actually, well, even in um in uh, Encounter at Farpoint, they had it felt like it was like super bright on mm-hmm. the DVDs, and they kind of toned things down a little bit and made really? it a little more filmic. In the way they colored it. Well, it felt, the, uh, it felt a little brighter for me for Sins of the Father, but it might be because I'm watching, um, ripped from DVD copies that I ripped from my DVDs a while back. And it's possible those were, I don't know, encoded murky or something. And maybe. Oh, no, yeah, they were, they're horrible to begin with. <laughs> I, I've, I've looked at the original DVDs and, uh-huh. and God, the disdain at... there. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are, they were bad for their time, even. Yeah. They were like, uh, it was, it was they were edited on analog videotape mm-hmm. and you know they never you know did a remaster or anything of it until now doing all the hd stuff so it was just it, it everything looked like it was you know fourth generation videotape right Wasn't that the reason it took so long nasty. for them to do the blu-rays of yeah, it Yeah, they had to go back to the original film and add the effects again or something yeah like that? yep Yep. Yeah. Most of the stuff they shot, well, all the live action that they shot was on film and they right. actually shot, you know, a lot of the effects stuff on film as well with, a, you know, the shots of the Enterprise and even some of the planet stuff. Yeah, but you have to go back but, and re-edit that stuff in, right? 
Right, but they had yeah, they had to recomposite everything so that you know all oh, the man, you know, the planet and the Enterprise and the stars and mm-hmm. putting all that together into one frame magic that was something done over. on video the first time. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. And of course, they taped over most of the most of the episodes with shitty old episodes of Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Gabs would be That's happy to went. hear that. <laughs> no, I but I've I've said this all along, probably to the point where everyone's sick of me saying it. But really, season three is where this show gets great. Mm-hmm. Is that when it gets great? Oh, good. Well, come on, look at look back, look at all the great no, it's episodes. Been, we've, it's we've, been a, a fantastic season. That pair of Romulan episodes mm-hmm. and Sarek and yesterday's Enterprise and the Offspring, and then mm-hmm. that fucking cliffhanger at the end. Jesus yep. Christ! Oh my God, I love that episode. As as we record this, we're, <laughs> we're recording a bit ahead of time because I'm going on vacation next week, and I just finished watching Best of Both Worlds today, and mm-hmm. it is a real challenge to write comedy about something. That has nothing funny in it and just has you with your jaw on the floor the whole time. Yep. It's yeah. not easy. And you had to do Sarah last week, too. So, that, Jesus. Yeah, but, you know, there there were some jokes here and there. I mean, come on. People yelling at Wesley for being a loser, that was, that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing funny about Best of Both Worlds. And Best of Both Worlds, I think, was actually the first episode of Next Gen that I saw. Mm-hmm. And then I, I think it was at your house, Al. Mm, possibly. <laughs> I'm not sure. We We just started hanging out when the show was just starting to get big and i yeah i keep remembering it slightly differently and i know i know this was around the time i started watching but i don't specifically remember which episode it was i know you had yeah. a, you had a tape of an episode from season four that you loaned me but that's all i can remember i don't know it doesn't matter huh. but it was around that period that we like i think most people started getting into it mm. was in that season three early season four era where the show really started to pick up and show yeah. what it could do and we all started saying hey this looks pretty cool this might actually be as good as that other thing I used to like. Oh, I I was see that's the thing. I was into the movies. I was kind of like his daughter actually. I was into the movies, but I never really seen the series. So. Ah. Mm. So, anyway, uh, we have some mail here. Unless we is, do. Is there any further business? I just wanted to kind of wrap up season three and say that was great, and uh, mm-hmm. it was great. I don't think there's really much more to say. Here's the three more years. Four more years. Four more years. Four more years. I'd like to think it was only three because I'm not a fan of season seven, but we'll get there. Here's to four more appearances of Ray Wise. (laughs) Have you seen my Laura? (laughs) Won't someone please dance with me? Why is she dancing with her photo? (laughs) All right. Coming up next, the Twin Peaks podcast. (laughs) I am not. I'm going to put the bucket over my head when James Hurley goes to that other town. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> all right let's read some mail here uh we got one from kim who says dear al and not really matt oh man so i assume she also means not really bob oh uh but we'll we'll open this up to all three of us uh can you please say something in a wharf voice make it sexy hmm. so i don't know i'm gonna go with my standard um we know a remote farm in lincolnshire where mrs buckley lives every july peas grow there you guys want to take a crack at it? Uh, I will say, how are you doing, Sponge Muffin? <laughs> All right, then. Matt, you want to? What is that kid's name? <laughs> I know him from somewhere. God, what is his name? Who are you? <laughs> Bob, I don't know if you heard the one we just posted like yesterday. Probably not yet. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we just can't get over that, that Worf uh, doesn't know Wesley's name. <laughs> All right. Uh, Next one comes from Jackson, and he says, Dear Pa People. I see what he did there. Uh, If you were making Star Trek The Next Generation, the animated series. Oh, I get it now. Ah, 
<laughs> Pod people got no reason to live. <laughs> if you were making Star Trek The Next Generation, the animated series, that's a lot of colons, uh, and could only afford to cast six of the seven cast members, who would you cut out and what wacky Eric's or Emress-esque alien, Emress-esque, that's tough, uh, would you replace them with? Yours in Flonk, Jax. All right, first of all, don't give Flonk that much power. <laughs> Flonk does not equal, equal Christ. We do not want him thinking that. No, no. <laughs> uh, when do you guys want to take this first? Or uh... mm. well, I would uh, I would cut out Doctor Crusher and uh, replace her with Eric's because I'm I'm sure he's gotten his medical degree by now. Right, and, that, he must have. And he he's, you know, he's got the three arms, and that uh, could really come in handy during surgeries. But he was a, he was Chekhov. He I was about to say he was a Chekhov. He was. <laughs> He sat in the yeah. checkoff seat. He wasn't a doctor. Yeah, but Chekhov was like suddenly head of security. So why not? A yeah, that's fair. Well, plus and, he's and got the, the we six. could add more Dabo girls. Well, always need more Dabo girls. Scalpel, obey me. <laughs> I would say Wesley. And apart from the obvious joke answer, I would actually love to see an alien character in the Junior Ensign role. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Nog was great in uh, DS9 when they made him like a, a Starfleet cadet. I like the idea mm. that he's you know the only one of his kind. Yeah. <clears throat> I always would like them to explore the idea of like a Ferengi and uh Starfleet. Well, Ferengi or any, you know, anything like along those lines. But I I mean Worf kind of fills that, but they never really explore that part of it. Mm-hmm. Because they've been at peace for so long you don't really get the fish out of water thing. Or we could finally get the uh the devil in the dark as the you know, the Oh the Horta can remember, yeah. The Horta, thank you. <laughs> well they <laughs> had that in they had that in novels, so yeah, if they could pull that off in the, in an animated series, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. The novels do all kinds of great stuff. Like some of the some of the better novels have like a full range of aliens that they could never pull off visually in the, oh, yeah. in the show. The Horta crew member. Um There was uh God, there was like a spider guy. Mm-hmm. There's a Oh, the like Titan, a glass spider. The, yeah, that was it, yeah. The uh the Titan books are all about like the entire crew is made up of aliens. Oh neat. It's hmm. got like almost no humans. Except Riker and Troy. <laughs> yep. Uh I'd also how, did, how, how does the Horta breeze? On a, on a regular chef, don't they like breathe rock? <laughs> no, they breathe cake. No, I don't know. Actually, does that is that what they said in the episode? I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out how that would work. Sure, they eat rock, they breathe rock, they excrete rock. Don't you breathe rock? <laughs> I think Ted Nugent breathes rock. <laughs> oh, and uh, I would also replace Troy with a brick wall. Yep. Oh. I would love to hear you defend Councillor Troy, Bob. No, I suppose the right, brick wall would be more useful. All right, then. Believe me. I would also replace uh, Troy, and I would replace her with... I would have uh, an invisible cue that only Picard can see floating around <laughs> and annoying him. <laughs> so the Great Gazoo. Yes, basically. The Great Gazoo. Except that he would be he would be Q, painted green and wearing a space helmet. But he'd still call him Dum Dum, right? Going back to Rise of Three, eh, Dum Dum? <laughs> <laughs> that is perfect. You've you've hit the nail right on the head there. <laughs> You're gonna have that little twinkle toe sound effect, though. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> I'll I'll drop that in because I actually have some Hanna Barbera sound effects here. So, uh, oh well, no. we might as well get used out of them then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> next question comes actually via Twitter from Mark Butterworth, I guess, of the Syrup Butterworth people, and he says, "Have you ever played Star Trek Online?" Uh, I have not. I heard that everyone that plays it is automatically a captain of a ship, and that just feels weird to me. Like, yeah, it huh. seems like your typical MMO would be like everyone has a skill. Like somebody's a doctor, someone's a security guy, someone's an engineer. You know, that seems more 
more realistic to me. But uh. yeah, no, Amanda's talked about this, uh, <laughs> and she w- w- used to be a pretty frequent WoW player. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, uh, like your average bridge crew is broken up pretty easily into uh, into a uh, like a WoW party. Yeah, and instead they just decided to give everyone a ship, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, no, that's that, and I just I don't play MMOs. It's, it's yeah, no, I was reason. really excited for it when it was coming out, and then just reviews started coming in that were really bad, and I bailed. Hmm. Well, it, Although, it, I believe it's free to play now. Oh, like all MMOs that aren't uh, that aren't doing well. <laughs> so all MMOs that aren't Warcraft is what you. Yeah, mean exactly. Say. Right. <laughs> no, I do remember because I, I I walked the floor on PAX for a couple of years, and I remember it was coming soon for ever. Yeah, it was coming soon for like three years. Yeah. So I don't know if that like usually that means there's there's a problem I think. Yeah. You know, like, well, I don't know. I I haven't played any RPGs since mm-hmm. like I don't know like Fantasy Star Online on the Sega nice. whatever it was. <laughs> what was it Genesis? Not Genesis. Yeah, it's, it's Saturn. Genesis. Sega game. The Saturn wasn't that? Genesis is planet forbidden. <laughs> are you are you a Mexican alien now? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mexican alien. Mexican alien and Mexican Scotty. Genesis is planet forbidden. <laughs> You're going to get us in so much trouble with, with the angry Mexicans that are uh, listening to the show. Okay. I, I'm sorry, Mexicans. Yeah. I know. I'm, it's, it's all in fun. Yes. Impressive. I'm sorry, Mexicans. The post-atomic horror. <laughs> we were talking to someone else. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't play RPGs, but I, I do like to put on my Starfleet uniform and say, make it so when I'm drunk, so. Wait, I mean, we were... And also when you're sober. Well, this is true. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't, really? I don't have one, but if I did, I would do that all the time. No, we were drunk on the bridge of the Enterprise D. Oh, yeah. You that and was pretty I awesome. And a couple of other people. That, was, that sounds fucking fantastic. That was, I mean, we've talked about this before, the Star Trek experience in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Man, I wish my kids could have seen that. Yeah, yeah, one of my great regrets is that I never got out to that. We, we spent a bit of time there. We drank in Quarks, and then we went, and it was a pretty good recreation of the bridge i'm sure there were nits to pick but overall it felt like you were on the bridge yeah and it was you know everything i'd hoped it would be yep and i was a little drunk but apart from that i it was it was fantastic no that was totally awesome yeah they take you through and like somebody is a descendant of captain picard and right it's, that's why they're saving you from the past back to the future to the past again or something I, I there's know. a shuttle involved and i don't know Oh my god, the transporter effect in that was oh, yeah. fucking amazing. I still yeah, don't know how they did it. I mean, <laughs> you're standing on this, like, this floor with a pattern on it, and yep. they, like, suddenly there's this, it goes totally black, and there's a whoosh of air, and the lights come back on, and you are somewhere else. Yep. <laughs> wow. It's like, they totally, like, change the walls, and the floor has a different pattern on it, and you're, there's, like, a, an officer in, in, in the like, uh, like transporter room in front of you. They're like, uh, what the hell just happened? I like that you say they changed. Like, there's a bunch of stage hands running in and completely building the entire set. They <laughs> must have, yeah. In that split second. It's all by hand. I assume they shot us through pneumatic tubes, which was the rush of air. <laughs> that was the wish of air. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you're like you're making a bank deposit in the drive-thru. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, Zoidberg's, bleh, Zoidberg's stuck again. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was that was a lot of fun, and I wish we'd gotten some pictures is my only regret, because we were there, and, and I don't think I have a single picture of me actually on the bridge, which is a damn oh, shame. Oh, man. Yeah, I think you had to pay extra for that. <laughs> that would have covered our co- that would that would have been our cover art for years. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is there there are pictures of very young me and Bob sitting in Kirk's chair. Oh yeah. Oh that, yeah. That was at the Smithsonian, and they actually let you sit in it, which was oh wow great. We yeah. actually ended up um, 
using it for the stupid um, little movie we made in high school, which was nice. It was like an actual prop in a movie we made. Oh, cool. Yeah, I put on some sort of cloak with a hood and sat in the chair and made gestures for 20 seconds until people got really impatient. (laughs) And then we just (laughs) kept looping that and dubbing uh, dialogue over it, and all was good. Yep. Your ass sat in the same groove that Shatner's ass sat in. Woo! Shatner's ass. (laughs) (laughs) Our next question comes from Beave, and he says, hi, guys. In listening to 84's review of Deja Q, we learned that Counselor Troy apparently has a writer in her contract that says the ship's lounge will have no less than 10 chocolate sundaes at the ready for her at all times. My question for you is, what other writers do you think other members of the crew have for any ship assignments they take in their careers? Thanks, your pal Beef. Mm. I think Picard's would be the most difficult because of his whole I'm into something new every week thing. (laughs) I think the ship's stores are probably full of saddles and Shakespeare books and fedoras. And writing crops. <laughs> He's like a five-year-old getting a new toy. Yeah, exactly. Of course, I Just... don't think the riding crops are for horses. But... Now, now, I, now I want a saddle. <laughs> well, now you've just made him into Nick. Yes. Well, Jean-Luc, you just got your riding crop I last week. I don't care. Week. No, I don't like it anymore. <laughs> I don't like horses anymore. Now I'm an archaeologist. <laughs> Look, a pot. <laughs> No, I, plus they have replicators, so, you know, they, there is no ship stores, so I, I just... You can make out. as many pots as you want. Yep, all the pots in the world. I think a Worf's writer must call for copious amounts of honor to be doled out on a regular basis. <laughs> you know, guys for him to, you know, to stab and things like that. Is that what honor is? I don't even know what honor looks like. Like, how do you make <laughs> honor? You can quantify it with a bucket of honor. Oh, is that is that the uh, the unit of measure for honor? It comes in the bucket. It comes in buckets, like Maybe. um, like like KFC. Yeah, exactly. I think honor must like comes in the form of uh, red M and M's. Yeah, that makes sense. So only it, red M and M's. It, it yes. brings us back to the rider thing too, which is nice. Um, no, the uh, the, the uh, but only the red M and M's that they made after they were poison. Yes. yes. Like not the cancer M and M's. There's no honor in those. A warrior's candy. Yes. <laughs> Melts in your mouth, not in your hand. That was for you, Kim. <laughs> what do you think, Matt? Uh, I think Troy's actual writer is that every week I get to do something. <laughs> no, that that was actually Beverly's because I was reading about Best of Both Worlds, and the only reason she beams over to the Borg cube in one of the last acts is because uh, Gates McFadden said, I'd really like to shoot a phaser. That looks fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Adorable. And so they invented an in-story reason. Okay, they need a doctor over there because Picard might be hurt. And it made sense. It wasn't contrived or anything. Nice. That's but, still hilarious. But that's why she was on the away team for, like, the only time. <laughs> I get to come. Whee! I finally get to be something other than a mom. Yay. So that was nice. I get to be Picard's mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that just got weird. Why don't we answer another question? Oh, boy. Uh, this one comes from Richard. He wrote us that awesome uh, song last time. Ah, uh, yes. About Grappler Zorn. Uh, I'm very excited about your upcoming collaboration with the Drunken Time Travel Lads. I think to match their beer drinking, though, you and Matt should smoke opium or something. <laughs> or at least have, have the Enterprise visit the Hobbit planet so you can go for the sarcastic hat trick with the girls with glasses. Sorry for the sports reference. Is Are Hobbits in sports? I, I, uh, I, I don't, don't know. know. I, I I thought the only sport that hobbits played was competitive eating. I couldn't tell you. Are they on was, like Hobbit versus food? Was the opium the sports reference? That may be. I'm honestly not sure. Um, you know, we we do love the girls. They are fantastic. Uh, but that's never going to happen. Our stance on the whole Hobbit issue is well established. Yeah, no, we 
We've talked about this. I mean, mm-hmm. for those of you who lean Tolkien word, you should check them out. The Girls with Glasses Talk Tolkien. We'll, we'll put a link in the show notes. They're great, and I am told that if you like Tolkien, they, they offer some great stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, we're just not into those books, and we really don't want to talk about how we hate stuff because yeah. we try to be positive here. There's nothing There's nothing worse than going on your friend's show and being all like, this sucks. So this is what you're talking about, huh? We hate it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that's not cool. We wouldn't want and, someone doing that to us. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I rarely smoke illicit substances anymore. I'd speak for yourself. I rarely smoke, smoke illicit substances That's why anymore. I go in the closet, because Amanda can't stand all the uh, smoke from the um, Mary Jane. Yes, that's what it's called. I roll it up and smoke it like a cigarette. <laughs> do, you, do you keep it in a bowl on top of the refrigerator? Yes! <laughs> that's I, where she can't get to it. It's real sticky <laughs> weed. Uh, no, we're actually discussing the Drunken Time Travel crossover with, with those guys as we speak. Yeah, um, that, that will be happening, and we're very much looking forward to it. Yeah, right now, the only true crossover topic we have is the Doctor Who Star Trek comic, which is not finished for quite some time, and we're all keen to do it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I don't know. We're, we've talked about maybe doing two. Yeah. Like maybe one on our show and one on theirs, and we'll do one before the comic and then one after the comic. I don't know. We just like talking to those guys. That's yeah, all it no, really we'll, is. Uh, <clears throat> you can, you will definitely see us talk to those guys again. Yeah, at least once, if not twice, because <clears throat> that's that's a lot of fun. And yeah. uh, my only concern there is, of the four of us, there's really only one person that knows both shows, and that's Irish Gav. Yes, you and I are not very well versed in uh, in our Doctor Who, especially not classic Who. Yeah, and English. Like Gav I know to- a little bit of uh, of a uh, new Who, new Who, yes, new Who. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, English Gav doesn't even know what Star Trek is, so <laughs> that might be a little difficult. But no, we we love those guys. We we got a chance to hang out with them in Emerald City, and we talked to them on Skype quite a bit. And they're, yeah. they're great guys, and we we're really looking forward to that. And uh, if you're not listening to it, and you should be because we mentioned it a lot, uh, Drunken Time Travel is a fantastic podcast. Also, it is. It's uh, two guys from the UK reviewing Doctor Who from the beginning, which is a much more monumental undertaking than us because it goes back a bit further, and they're having to watch reconstructions of episodes that were taped over with episodes of Mama's Family or something. <laughs> I was going to yeah, say they'll Maud. They'll still be doing this long after Al and I have killed each other. No, actually, uh, Gav and I compared notes, and I think we have more shows to do. Really? But, well, more... Uh, it, I guess that makes sense, because they have the extended, like, the... Um, well, they, when they do the serials, sometimes they can be seven... I think they're doing one that's, like, 12 episodes now, mm-hmm. which is, like, Holy I think... Cow. I think they're breaking that one into two, but usually, if it's six or seven parts, they'll just do it as one show. Yeah. So there are more individual episodes for them. Mm-hmm. But as they group them together, there'll actually be fewer podcasts. Huh. So, in, in any case, we're both going to be, both shows are going to be at this for a very long time. So Yes. Look well, I'm looking forward to both of them. Ah, well, thank you, Bob. Don't expect the one where they do, uh, I don't know, Blackadder? What's a British TV show? <laughs> All the shows I watch? I don't know. Yeah, that'll work. QI? That would be a yeah. strange show to do. The one where yeah. they review episodes of QI. Yeah, exactly. Or Red Dwarf. Yeah, sure. You can do Red Dwarf. Um, but no, we're, we're definitely doing that. That should be a lot of fun. Um, speaking of comics, mm-hmm. Bob, I don't know if you've, if you've had a look at the, um, the IDW ongoing series or the, uh, the Doctor Who crossover. I read a few of the first ones. I have not, I have not seen the crossover. I've been pretty impressed with the IDW series, but this most recent issue, Matt, have you read that one yet? Issue? Uh, the Tribbles one? Yes. Yeah, it was really good. That was the first truly great one that I read. The first few were pretty, like they were retellings of classic uh, episodes, and we've talked about this before. Yeah. Um, but they twist differently based on the new continuity. 
Mm-hmm. But the Tribble story is a completely original one. Like, you think it's going to be a retelling of Trouble with Tribbles, and you're like, well, why bother? Yeah, exactly. Well, the thing is that not only has Trek done it, but uh, they basically redid it with DS9, too. Right. No, this is entirely different. There are yeah. Tribbles, but there's a whole other thing, and it's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Matt, did you notice, and I won't spoil it, but did you notice the homage to the animated series in that? I did. I absolutely did, and I loved it. Yeah. it's Whoever's doing that has a real respect for like all of Trek and not just, you know. Yeah. Their version of the of the original series, which is no, great. that was that was completely awesome. Yeah, and we will again provide a link to what that is because we highly recommend it. Yeah, the uh, I believe the second tray paperback was just released, so uh, yeah, they're up to ten or eleven issues now, so that makes sense. Yeah. Oh um, wow. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I want to mention real quick was that Doctor Who crossover we've been talking about. Uh, I don't know how you feel, Matt, but I've not been terribly impressed with it. So no, far. the most recent issue was pretty good, but uh, otherwise, it's been. A That's... bit of a letdown, and I really don't care for the art. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the art. It's one of those, like, it's really nice, pretty painted art, but it doesn't work sequentially at all. Like, it doesn't no, it, look... It, doesn't and look it's very clearly moving. painted from, uh, like, frozen... Like, like, like stills? Uh, the, the pause DVD. Right. But, I mean, it looks good. Like, it looks good as individual images, I think. I suppose. It just It's like Alex Ross. The... I don't think Alex Ross does sequential art very well. I think he makes beautiful art. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it moves from panel to panel very well. No, the 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 real problem is in the third issue we have uh like they do a crossover with the original series and uh, <laughs> oh, the it, Tom Doctor. Baker yeah. Doctor Who, which is great. They they have this build up where the eleventh Doctor, the current Doctor, meets uh, Picard and his guys, which is all right. But yeah, then they do a flashback to when Tom Baker met Kirk, and that mm-hmm. and that's done in a more cartoony style, and that's so much better. Yeah, and plus it's just more fun. Mm-hmm. Those those guys just belong together. I don't know. Just that felt right. My whole my take on if you're going to do a Doctor Who Star Trek crossover, you really need to embrace the huge histories that both of those properties yeah, exactly. have. Well, and they might be doing that. For for all we know, they're going to do I, more. I suppose that's true. You know, like my first thought is that uh, uh, they IDW just wrapped a uh, Star Trek Legion crossover that I actually really enjoyed, huh. and it touched on uh, like. Like both of those, uh, like both of those uh, properties, like very extensive histories. Mm-hmm. I would love to to see that take with a uh, Trek and Who. Well, I know they recently they they recently expanded it from whatever the original run of issues is going to be, and it's going to be what, like ten or twelve now. Mm. So I mean, maybe they're intending to do that and flesh it out with more. You that know. would be very cool. I believe it's selling like nobody's business. Well, I mean, really, as far as fan service goes. Mm-hmm. I, I think you throw Benedict Cumberbatch in there and you got, you know. Oh, my God. That would be awesome. <laughs> Maybe Robert Downey Jr. somehow. <laughs> Dear Marvel, can we borrow <laughs> Iron Man? Yeah. And then you ha- then you basically won the internet. You certainly won Tumblr. I know that much. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Uh, next one comes from Flonk. And he says, Flonk to post-atomic horror. My girlfriend likes Ducat. And I don't mean in the there's a good actor playing an interesting character way. I mean, she like likes him. This is not the first time this has come up in my life. What does it say about the women I date that they're all attracted to space Hitler? And more importantly, what does it say about me? Flunk out. I remember having a discussion with uh, with uh, with uh, Laura about uh, Ducat. Oh, hang on, hang on. Like, I, you Flunk, realize he's awful, right? Flunk doesn't have a girlfriend, man. I don't know why you brought Laura into this. Oh, yes, of course. Excuse me. Are we still pretending that? Sorry. Anyway. No, <laughs> you, I, I, I hear you. I've had that conversation with her as well. It's like, he, he no, you don't understand. He's awful. Yep. I mean, he's one I of those. I don't know. I think, I think God is pretty hot. Do you? Well, I mean, power is sexy. 
I right? Meh? No? Alright. It can be. Maybe it's just his his neck things. His neck bolts. His neck bolts. Yes. No, I think he's one of those villains that you love to hate. Oh yeah, no, like, he's a he's an awesome character. Yeah, I there were entire episodes devoted to him that I just adored, but mm-hmm. uh, but he's horrible. I don't know about being attracted to him. I know Laura and and also our friend Jesse. Actually, they're the they're the aforementioned girls with glasses, and other people have really expressed a, a disdain for Kira, which just sort of baffles me because yeah, like Kira. she's fantastic. Was that the whole Kira ruins everything meme that's going around? Yeah, they they're taking Kate from Lost and turning her into Kira, and that's just not fair at all. Oh, <laughs> I mean, first of all, Kira doesn't even climb trees. I don't know. She does overreact sometimes. Yeah, like, but just because, like, you know, I'm I'm a rebel still, and I need to prove that even though I'm in this position of well, you know being about, the man, I'm still a rebel. She's worried about and being a sellout. I like that. There's a little bit of overacting there, but no, I always like Kira. They soften her over time too. Yeah, she I like starts her. out. Also, she fills out that little uniform quite nicely. Well, yes, she does. Uh-huh. Um, especially in the mirror universe. Uh, yeah, holy shit. <laughs> Which, Bob, I don't know if you've gotten to those yet. But, uh, no, not yet. Ah. Oh, well, you let but us I know will how look that forward goes. To it. Oh, you, yeah, yeah, you will. <laughs> no, I don't know, I always saw her as just Ensign Rowe, and if you've watched Next Gen and you know who Ensign Rowe is, she's basically the same character. Mm, yeah. And she overacted from time to time as well, but, you know. Kira had a nice arc where she gradually softened a little and then, mm. you know. <laughs> Slowly filed away that chip on her shoulder. Yes, exactly. Until, and I won't give this away, you know, for a while, but um, in the in the DS9, like in the last season, in the last part of the last season, she has completely come full circle and she's doing stuff you could never imagine oh, season one. Oh, yeah, character. no, that is so fucking cool. That yeah, is such is. a perfect arc for her. God, I love that mm. show. All right, moving on. Before we get too caught we up. We love in, DS9. Yeah, we yeah. We need to stop doing that. Yeah. We need to stop thinking about our, our next thing and focus on our current thing. Uh this one comes from Surreal and he says, Hello all. After li- after listening to the latest podcast on Sarek, I was reminded of my own brief encounter with Mark Lennard. Uh way back in nineteen oh, I almost read that as way back in nineteen hundred. Way back in nineteen ninety. <laughs> I was helping with security at a small con here in town. I was stationed outside the dealer's room, making sure everyone had a badge to get in. At one point, I look over to see an older gentleman walking into the room without a visible badge. So I politely tell the gentleman that he needs a badge to get inside. Have you ever been stared down by an actor who plays a Vulcan? It is most <laughs> impressive. I quickly stammered an apology to Mr. Lennard and let him pass through. Later that day, he told the most memorable Star Trek joke I have ever heard. How many Klingons does it take to screw in a light bulb? Two, but they have to be really small. <laughs> It took me a minute for that one to sink in, then another minute to realize that Spock's dad actually made a joke about screwing. (laughs) That's great. On another subject, I'm not sure this would get uh, into the spoiler world. Eh, We're not that worried about spoilers on a 25-year-old show. No. Uh, But what was Starfleet thinking giving Picard command of so many ships? First, he lost the Stargazer to some unknown force. Then he loses the Enterprise D. And then he crashes the Enterprise E into a Romulan slash Riemann ship. And let's not even get started on how long a ship with the name Enterprise lasts. Okay, so the NX lasted long enough to become a museum. The original 1701 got a refit after maybe 10 or 15 years, and then it was destroyed. I don't know how long the A or B lasted. I read that the C was destroyed after only a few years, and the D made it 10 years. The E was smashed all to hell after only 3 to 5 years. I think Starfleet should pay closer attention to who they let command their flagships. This has been, as always, surreal. <laughs> I feel like they just shouldn't let Deanna drive. Yeah, well, she, and, and you know, Marina Sardis makes that joke a lot. <laughs> I finally got to drive! <laughs> She's adorable. 
like, I'm, on a road. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she called it driving. <laughs> I, I'm under the impression that that other ships, the ones not called Enterprise, get destroyed even more frequently. Mm-hmm. Like, I bet the Intrepid is up to like L or M. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, we saw fucking tons of Constitution class ships get wrecked in the original series. Like that shit happened every week. Yeah, because after a while, like, yeah, another one. Okay, whatever. Mm. But we're constantly running into planets where Starfleet ships crashed with a book or something. Yep. I mean, maybe starships are just disposable. Maybe you use them for a couple of years and <laughs> I mean, throw them out. I, if you're replicating them, then yeah, it's really not an issue anymore. I don't think you can replicate a whole ship. Well, you can replicate pieces and put them together. Your parents. Like Lego. Together. Yes, exactly. I don't know. What do you think? I, I'm, I'm just imagining. Yes, a giant replicator. Why can't they have that? I don't know. We've never seen one. That's why. I'm imagining Starfleet has like a giant shredder that they use to recycle them. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they subcontracted out to the uh, Doomsday Machine. Oh, yeah. The space funnel. Yeah. Ah, oh, crap. We got a nacelle jammed in here again. Hang on a sec. <laughs> the Try space cream on coat. The side. <laughs> PC load letter. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I think ships blow up all the time. I think that's the whole nature of exploring. I don't think it's, you know. I don't think it's that big of a deal, really. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, if if you think the ship's going to be safe every week, what's the point? Like, you need some stakes. Yeah. Mm, stakes. Mm, stakes. <laughs> uh, and this one comes from Irish Gav. I give you Mr. Ronald D. Moore on the importance of the Enterprise in the fictional universe. This is a quote from Ron Moore. Uh, I've always opposed the deification of the Enterprise, ABCD in the original, uh, as some sort of quasi-mystical ship. The Enterprise is special to us, the viewers, and we can view it as the most important ship. But extending that to the way it's treated in the series, any of the series, would be a mistake. It's confusing the audience's identification with the ship and the characters with the reality being created on screen. Yes, it's clearly famous, and yes, it's certainly a plum assignment. But if the Enterprise started being treated as the most important vessel in SF, then it would cease to get dangerous missions and would probably start being treated as more of a showboat than a real workhorse. You don't send the most important ship of the Federation out to do humdrum missions like patrol the border, cataloging uh, subspace readings, or any of the other many things we sent the Big E out to go do. Gav wants to know our thoughts and opinions on that. There's a there's a separate question, but we'll we'll get to that after this, I think. Mm. I always liked the Enterprise being acknowledged as like a, a legendary thing. That never bothered me. I mean, I think the the fact that people acknowledge it as having as being, you know, Kirk's ship. Well, right, exactly. I think Kirk there's a whole hero worship thing with Kirk, which I think is important. I like that. Like I I believe that Kirk and the crew of the Enterprise, they they should be well acknowledged as like having a huge role in like the like they should all be seen as like huge Federation heroes. Well, they saved Earth at least twice that uh-huh. I can think of in the, in two of the movies, and they may have done so in the series, which I can't remember. But. Um, I would buy that. You know, after that, you know, let, let, I, let's face it, the the people who up until the D, no one who took the Enterprise after its first, you know, after the A, really sort of lived up to that. Uh, I don't know. Rachel hmm. Garrett like died that, to, for peace with the Klingons. That was a pretty big deal. That's true, I guess. I don't know what else she did, but that was that was. But I mean, like thing. you know, one thing versus saving the universe. You know, at least once or twice. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, they saved the yeah. Earth. I mean, I think there are ships that become legendary. I mean, even here in the military, ships or, or specific, uh, you know, military groups or whatever. But it's sure. the best of the best sort of thing. Sure. Um, but it's not so much about the ship itself. It's, you know, it's the the people that are on that ship. They yeah. You know, wherever they are, they go on to be revered because they were the best, not necessarily the uh, most important. See, I agree with that to a point, but let's let's take that from the military to astronauts. 
we mm. look at the first guys out there as a big deal. We look at Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin and those guys as a big deal. But there is also a huge sort of fetishistic thing, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but with decommissioning the space shuttles, people are really into those ships. Yeah. And those, yeah, I those, suppose I understand that. They're really like, because one of them's coming here to the Boeing Museum, and I think one of them's going to New York, is it? And people are yep. just super excited that the space shuttles, it's, it's the ships. Because those ships went some, you know, went where no one has gone before. I mean, I hate to use the stupid, you know, cliche, yeah. but really, it's a big deal to people. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, but in that case, I think it's you know that's unique to us. That it's like these five vessels are the you know are the only ones within recent memory that have gone out into space and come back, and we can go see them now. And that's not something that we do every day. But by the time Starfleet exists, you know there are starships all over the place. So what makes a ship so special? Well, because you're out on the frontier and you're discovering new things. I mean particularly Kirk's ship discovered all kinds of new stuff and weird, crazy stuff that I love in the novels, how there's this whole thing about how teams of people have to go back and clean up behind Kirk at every point, (laughs) not just clean up. That's the easy joke. But really, if you make an archaeological discovery and then you're gone the next week, there's a team of 50 people that then have to go and sift through that and figure out what it means. You know, like each one of those things is important to tons and tons of people. Right, but is it really then because the ship itself is so important, or just because the ship has been to these places that people revere it? Well, I don't know. It's it's out on the frontier, and it's it's doing it's keeping these people alive. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Like I say, I can only look at the space shuttles and think people might still do that in the future. But man, no, maybe that's not. a good point. Maybe not. I don't know. What do you think, Matt? I agree. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, he also says, also, while I'm here, why does it matter so much to us that the actors in the series get on? Does it, it doesn't affect the episodes, I mean. I'm the same, but it seems weird to me. Get, get on? Is that some kind of like, get British on. slang for wanking? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> w dash dash K. Um, <laughs> no, you know, I mean, we like it. We like to hear, like, the original series guys, like, did not get along so well. <laughs> No, it's just, it's nice to hear that the guys that we like, like each other. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and there is no good reason for it. No. Uh-huh. I, I think it makes better chemistry. It makes, like, less tension on the set. And I think we can see that. Like, we've said before, there's so much good chemistry between these actors on Next Gen. Mm-hmm. There's particularly, like, when Troy, who, let's be honest, doesn't get a lot to do, has any kind of scene where she's got to have interpersonal chemistry and not be professional, but actually affable with Frakes or with Worf or with anybody, she carries it really well because you can tell these guys like each other. Mm. And that's acting to some extent, but some of it is just real affection, I think. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if it's also kind of part of the the TV or, or film, you know, Hollywood fantasy that not, not only do people want to see things going well on screen, but they also, you know, they follow celebrities off screen. So it's, it's kind of vicariously. They're like, Oh, these people have a good work environment and they get along. Ah, oh, I wish my life was like that. <laughs> that could be. I was reading recently because they just did a 10th anniversary thing for uh, Firefly mm. that those guys all get along, got along so well that they were all personal friends and. Between takes, they didn't go back to the trailers or the commissary or wherever it is people went. Um, they would all congregate in the lounge area of the Firefly set <laughs> and just hang nice. out as friends between that, takes that and, awesome. and drink coffee or whatever. <laughs> which is which is really great to hear. Again, it doesn't matter. I mean, that was that, cool. That show was fun either way. Uh-huh. But it's nice to hear that those guys. I don't know. I just I like to. I, I couldn't say why. And yeah. I mean. Finding out stuff like if finding out that Chatner was kind of an asshole to everyone else on the uh, on the set back in the day, 
Well, I don't. I mean, it didn't really taint the episodes, but it certainly tainted my opinion of him. Well, and we definitely pro- did a bit of projecting of that onto Kirk. Oh, totally. We started seeing him as a dick because we knew about Shatner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know that we'd necessarily perceive him the same way if we didn't know that. I mean, you, you look at the crew of the uh, of uh, the of the uh, Enterprise D. Say what you will. No one on that. No one on that ship is an asshole. No, and I've I've said this before at any convention. If you have two of those guys, it doesn't matter which two, mm-hmm. but any pairing of those guys, they are going to be a blast. Yep. Those guys all get along still, and they tell great stories, and if you have one of them up there, it's fine, and I'm sure it's interesting and fun, but two of them, you get so much great. Like, we saw Brent Spiner and Jonathan Frakes a couple of years ago, yep. and that was just fantastic. And Hilarious. You get when you watch footage of, say, LeVar Burton and Maria Sirtis, or, you know... Michael, I saw uh, uh, Michael Dorn and Marina Sirtis. Yeah, I bet that was great, too. It was. Like, any pairing of those guys, because they all love each other. And mm-hmm. it's 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 better for the fans in that regard, but it doesn't really make the show any better, necessarily, unless, like I said, it's the chemistry thing. I don't know. But, yeah, those guys obviously like each other, mm-hmm. which, is, which I like. Which makes me happy. And also, I've heard that... Patrick Stewart was a bit distant early on because he was the big, you know, big serious actor. I'm a big actor. And gradually he just became more integrated with them and they all, you know, they no all one look at me. I'm Captain Picard. <laughs> I, I, he wasn't like arrogant or anything, but he just like, I think, <laughs> I think he felt like he was a, a bit above them. Avert your eyes. Yes. <laughs> but it was too late. I'd seen everything. <laughs> <laughs> Call me sir. God damn it. <laughs> But no, it's it's just good to hear that they're all they're all pals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so let's see. That's all the mail we have. There, there's been a couple of things, like a couple of quick little articles. I don't know. I've seen a few things here and there that they're trying to do a new series. Uh, the rumor we heard last was that they're trying to do an animated series. Could be. Mm-hmm. Don't know. Um, and, and which was talked about and would be awesome. Yeah, it would be. Um, and there's been uh, movie rumors, of course. Yeah, we pretty much stopped following the movie rumors. There was one that I couldn't resist seeing, and I only mention this. Mm. For those of you avoiding spoilers, I don't know, skip ahead a minute or so. But really, this is not a spoiler. <laughs> those of you skip, uh, ignoring spoilers who are on the podcast, yeah. sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is not a spoiler. The, it, it, it looks like one, but it's not. The rumor is that Benedict Cumberbatch is playing Gary Mitchell. Mm. <gasps> Let me tell you why he's not. Oh. The IDW comic is supposed mm. to be in continuity. It's actually supervised by one or more of the guys writing the scripts for the movies. Yeah. And it's supposed to be leading into the movies. It's supposed to be in continuity. They've already retold where No Man Has Gone Before. They've already killed off Gary Mitchell like they did in the episode. Yeah. Mm. Unless they're going to completely ignore what they just said. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. Yeah, I read his interview, and he said that the 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 other stuff, the comic books and all that, is in canon. Right. Unless... <laughs> it is trumped by a movie later. Well, I think there's enough doubt there that we can say safely that it probably isn't a spoiler. Well, I can but... flat out say one of the guys who wrote it in an interview pretty recently, I'm surprised you missed this, uh, flat out said he's uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is not playing Gary Mitchell. Oh, well, good. Mm. I do. I actually think I did read that, and he also said, but he is someone that's been in Star Trek before. Yes. Like, he is a character that we've seen somewhere before. Yeah. So, I don't. I will see. I also don't think that knowing who the villain is is a spoiler at all. No. I think knowing what characters are in it, eh, unless there's some kind of a surprise reveal, like without spoiling anything, the big one of the big reveals near the end of the new Batman movie, mm. uh, knowing that would spoil something. Yes, but 
She's my sister. My daughter. My sister. My daughter. My sister. <laughs> Snap out of it. <laughs> Wait, that's a different movie entirely. Um, but no, I mean, knowing what characters are in it, that's not going to ruin anything, really. No. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I'm very curious. I am very impatient. Yes. But yeah. I trust that they know what they're doing. But I mean, you know, they're filming it now, so they are. We've seen we've, it's happening. I can see they, it's coming. It's going to be here. <laughs> Krusty is coming. I've Krusty seen, is coming. I've seen pictures from the set. I know it's going to happen. So, <laughs> I saw it happen. It did happen. I saw it happen. It has happened. I wish he was the villain in Star Trek too. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Do you? I fucking love that guy. Really? You love Nero? Yeah. I didn't. He's ridiculous. I love that Man, movie. I'm going to have to watch that again now. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, no, I I didn't love him, but I love that movie, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I I have that theory that met that meta theory that he's written to represent all like all the crap that the the next gen movies became. Terrible pointy ship, terrible stupid Romulans. You're not wrong. <laughs> and then he got there, and they wiped the slate clean and started over. Like it literally looks like Star Trek Nemesis is, is attacking. Exactly. And they're like, oh, no, we need to get rid of this and start over with the shiny, colorful stuff. Yep. And I like Woo. to think there's like this extra layer of meta there where they actually did that. Yep. But th that's just my read. I don't know. I like that read. Yeah. yeah. I like the cut <laughs> of your jib. That before, but that's not bad. Do you, do you like the, uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> what else do you like about me? Yeah. <laughs> do you like the slice of my gib? No, I don't know where I was oh. going with that. <laughs> I'm not sure what a slice is. I don't know. All right. So that is all for us, Bob. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Um, we pick up season four next week with the uh, conclusion of Best of Both Worlds. And then the ramifications of that where Picard goes home and cries in a vineyard. Spoilers, I guess. Um, that is the only episode that doesn't take that has no scenes on the bridge, which always sticks out of my head. It's very cool. And it's very weird. Yeah. So we'll pick that up uh, next week. And Matt, I know you're getting tired of your catchphrase, but we can't stop until you say it. Say See it. See you, folks. Thank you. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham, copyright 2012. Please don't sue us, we're just doing this for fun.